0: I'm Steven. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of The Steven and Kevin Show, we're going to offer up three tips for your proposal meetings.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 65 of the Stephen and Kevin show and today we're going to be talking
0: about a very important topic as it pertains to proposal meetings. So just to set the stage, your proposal meeting, because everybody has different definitions for something like this, is when you're at a point in the prospecting phase where you've got all the information you need, you have your recommendations pretty much fleshed out and you want to sit down with the prospect or prospect couple. and knock their socks off, right? right. You wanna right. show them that you're the right solution and you want their commitment
1: to moving forward. Yeah, hopefully this is, you're right, hopefully this is the meeting where they're gonna sign on the line which is dotted and everyone's gonna to agree to engage in a relationship.
0: For the purposes of today's call, we're gonna be talking about proposal meetings with joint decision makers, which mm-hmm. are most of them. Yes, You've got more than one party on hand who's gonna help in making this decision, so how do you do that? Uh, what are some of the differences, Kevin? between this and presenting to someone solo.
1: Well, I mean the biggest one being that most of the time these people are gonna have different opinions about things. They're going to agree and disagree on things. They're going to need to talk about things a lot of times privately before they make a decision. Um, and so it's a totally different dynamic. And we're gonna give you some like three pointers today to help kind of
0: navigate that sea. Yeah, the number one thing coming out of this is that it is more pressure because you have to you have to leave, you have to conclude that meeting with two different people really liking you enough to move forward. Yeah, it, it's harder. Right. Definitely. So um. when you think about Oxley Institute, think about our coaching program. Mm. You know, we run the industry's leading coaching program because we put a lot of energy into it. It's a program that we think about every day, all day. How can we help advisors through our coaching get better at client acquisition and practice management? And that leads to an effective coaching program. If you look through the bios on our website, we've got 21 coaches now. These are highly skilled, highly trained professionals who can give you the extra push to help you see results this coming year. If you want a consultation with us, just ask. It's all over our website. Fill out the form, and we'll be in touch with you. Happy to have that call. Yeah, hey, it'll be one of us,
1: right? We'll yeah. reach out to you, and we'll have a
0: consultation, see if it's the right fit. Now, yeah, f- people call and they're like, oh, it's you from the video. I didn't know you did these. I'm like, well, what else would I rather do than talk to potential clients? I know. What would you rather do in your business?
1: We talk a lot of th- times about $1,000 an hour activities, the highest impact activities that you can execute. That's one of ours and we're, we like spending our time.
0: Yeah, you got to think, would I rather sit around here and work on a project or an article with Kevin or would I rather talk to a, an interesting financial advisor <laughs> who's going to share their story? You had to throw in interesting,
1: which makes me sound (laughs) disinteresting. Um, Or uninteresting? Yeah, anyway. uh, Exactly. A a lot of um, uh, you watching the video today may be wondering, what's this blemish on Kevin's face right here, right? It's like... uh, not a blemish. It's actually a, a scab on my face.
0: Others of you might notice he hasn't, hasn't shaved in a few days or maybe a week. That's on purpose, though. <laughs> That's on purpose. That adds to my rugged look. So what's the story, Kevin? How yeah. did
1: the blemish happen? The blemish happened. Uh, nothing really too exciting except for uh, I was telling a bedtime story to my three-year-old. And uh, he said, tell me a scary story. And I said, oh, okay. And uh, I can tell a pretty good scary story. And I told him a story about a witch, right? And my witch impression <laughs> is just... Off the hook. It's so good, and it scared him so much that he had a book in his hand and he threw it at me. <laughs> and so I, I pretty much asked for it, um, but uh, he, for some reason, he loves being scared. He loves it. But then he got so freaked out that he just threw the book at me and it hit me right, right here and and left uh, a little, uh, uh, little cut on my he'll, face. He'll
0: love some camping one day, taking him
1: out to the woods. Oh, I'll tell him just some. Adds a new dimension. Some camp stories, some campfire stories that are scary. I I just love doing that. I mean, who doesn't like scaring a a young kid, right?
0: It's not a talent of mine. I get about a minute into that story, and I'm like, "Where am I going with this? (laughs) This is not." uh, All the kids are looking at me, all skeptical. (laughs) I'll tell you. I'll tell you. This, you know, the secret
1: to a scary story is long pauses of silence and
0: it gets scary yeah I like it anyway all right. you can actually think about the rest of the yeah. story <laughs> that's right well hey gang so we're gonna be talking about how to handle joint decision makers in a proposal meeting so let's let's set the stage let's say you're you're in your office you've got a client couple coming in and you wanna nail this one Kevin what's the first thing that you wanna do
1: first thing you wanna do is make sure that they <laughs> steer let them steer now you have probably had a discovery meeting with them you mm-hmm. may have had a pre-discovery meeting with them They've had multiple conversations, hopefully, about your services, and when they're coming into this meeting, don't assume that you know exactly what you're going to cover uh, right off the bat. Open it up with, hey, I I know you two have had some time to chat. Um, Before we get into it today, what's on your mind today? What do you want to make sure we get out of our meeting today? Because there may be something in particular that they're thinking about that you need to make sure you address.
0: Yeah, because the tendency is you're thinking about a proposal meeting. What does that imply? You're proposing something. The pressure is on you to present. And so what do you do? Often you sit down and you start presenting this information. Whereas even though, like you said, Kevin, you've had a couple of meetings with them perhaps, at least a few conversations before this meeting's taken place, you've got a pretty good idea of how you can help them. When you're putting it back on them to steer, it's really impactful. Now, one of the things I think you can do at that stage right as you're getting into that meeting, you might say something like Kevin did as far as, Hey, uh, you know, is there anything on your mind before we get started here? Things you want to make sure we accomplish? Mm-hmm. You might also throw in some things that you recall from previous conversations from both partners in the relationship. Mm. So you might say, Kevin, I know last time you, you focused a lot on X and Y, and we want to make sure we get a resolution for that. And, and Michelle, we know that this specific topic was on your mind. You're showing them that you recall, that you're paying attention. This isn't just a vanilla, plain you know, the same meeting you do for everybody. That's good. You're kind of reconfirming the,
1: the key the key points that they want to cover. So um, so that's number one. We want you to let them steer. Now, number two here, um, this is really important when it comes to joint decision-maker dynamics, right? I mean, people have different priorities when it comes to their finances. So, Stephen, what's something that you can do um, to really play off this, this joint decision-maker dynamic?
0: Yeah, and it's oftentimes in most couples you have one person who dominates the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? One person's going to take control. They're going to give you most of the feedback. They may be the one that's primarily responsible for the investments. Yet again, we go back to the beginning here. You have to leave this meeting with both people liking you enough to sign on. Mm-hmm. So you need both people's input. So one of the ways you can do this, obviously, is if you're talking to both of them, you can direct some questions to one person or the other. That's a good way to get people engaged. Distribute the questions. Distribute questions. Yeah. The other way to do it is to play one's answers off the other. I so like this. this is particularly useful if you have an answer or, or something that's really powerful that one of them said, mm-hmm. or if they said something really on the opposite end of the spectrum that was kind of dumb or just clearly illogical. Right. right. So and, you and, got you, it, and
1: you don't say that it's a dumb question.
0: No, you don't have to. That's <laughs> the beauty of this. So this is on in the, either end of that spectrum. If they say something really profound, you may turn to the other partner and say, well, what comes to mind when you hear her say that? Mm -hmm. What do you think as it relates to retirement income plans? You sound kind of like a counselor, right? Yeah, that's kind of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. On the other side of it, let's say they say something that's totally illogical. Like, Kevin, it's really important to me. I'm going to find the cheapest freaking financial advisor I can find. (laughs) I don't care what their qualifications are. I'm finding the cheapest. Right. You you don't have to come across and say, you know, sir, uh, with all due respect, that's kind of a dumb line of thinking, right? Right. Um, you can throw it to the other spouse and say, "Well, what comes to mind when you hear him say something like that?" Yeah, hopefully the other spouse doesn't say, "I totally agree." Well, if they do, you still haven't lost. You right. have not changed that's, the narrative. error. That's but More than true. likely, they're going to say. Likely, they're going to say. Remember that time you got the cheapest landscaping person and they stole our <laughs> lawnmower? Right? They're going to have some. They're They're probably yes. going to back you up. It's kind of like Kevin in a presentation. I was Kevin thinking this I,
1: too. Yeah. Kevin
0: and I present uh, together sometimes, and if somebody. Uh, and some of you may recall this if you've been through one of our workshops, there are times when somebody asks a question that's just clearly like, come on, really, you ask that question, that doesn't, you know... It's not the way you should be thinking about it. It's not even this. like a
1: fair question or, yeah. No,
0: it's just like, whoa, where did that come from? Instead of telling them, hey, where did that come from? That was not a good question. You throw it back out to the audience. You might say, who else, who wants to weigh in on this? And there's right.
1: someone who will chime in and be like, hey, yeah, that doesn't a, make any sense. What, I don't know what you're trying
0: to do here. So what yeah. you're trying to do here is when something's really positive, let's say it's really, they, they make a, a profound statement. Something that is at the, the heart of why they should engage you, have the other person validate it. And you do that by bouncing it off the other person. If they say something really dumb, have the other person knock it down as opposed to you. So basically get them engaged, play them off of each other.
1: I, I really like it. So, so number one was let them steer. Number two is make sure, like, or get them to play off each other. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. And number three, our number three tip here is to leave the room. Now, after you've presented the proposal, Right. The reality is, is that most of the time, in order for them to make a decision, they're need they're going to need to have some sort of private conversation and just reconfirm to each other that yes, I do want to do this. I'm good with this. Even if you have someone who's dominating, most of the time to be respectful, I mean, look, you you need to both be in on this decision. So what you can do is strategically exit the room mm-hmm. after you give a proposal, and you could say something as simple as, "Hey, look, I want to print out a couple copies of this for you. Give me one second and step out." What happens during that, you know? Three, four, five minutes when you exit the room, Stephen.
0: Well, one partner is likely going to turn to the other and say, "What do you think?" Exactly. Right. This could take twenty seconds or less. Really, yeah. it could be, "What do you think?" Yeah, okay, let's do it. Yeah. They probably already came into the meeting with some preconception as to whether or not they're going to move forward with you, mm-hmm. and this gives you gives them a chance to say some kind of, uh, you know, acknowledgement. Yeah, okay, we're in the right place, or no, let's, you know, we need to get some resolution on a couple of these things before we can give an answer. Right, but you're giving them space. You know, think about how uh, frequent, how frequently this happens, Kevin. You got a proposal meeting. The advisor or whoever is in the sales part of this conversation is doing too much talking, presenting recommendations. At the end, there's the chance to say, you know, I'd like to move forward. Are you guys ready to sign on? And they have to go think about it. They got no space, no room to breathe here. Yeah. Where we're saying, and it feels feels pressured. Yeah. yeah. We're also saying here. This is another way to look at it, Kevin. So. You want to take a break. You want to get out of the room for a minute, but you don't want to be completely blatant about acknowledging why you're doing it. So you don't want to say, "I want to give you some time to talk about this and make a decision," I'm and then, then I'll come back. back and I want to find out. It just uh, feels what a little bit contrived at that point. Yeah, you want to make up an excuse. Uh, I'm going to get a drink of water or a cup of coffee. Would you like anything? Or I'm exactly. going to make a copy. You can have the same excuse every time, but it does help. So what
1: happens a lot of times? You come back and you get some sort of clarity around like hey by the way I think we're ready to move forward now which is ideal now maybe they're not ready to do that just yet that's okay too but what will happen this is a great time for you to ask for feedback after you exit the room so you come back and you can say hey what other questions are you guys what's on your mind there might be something else and they just talked about it when you left right that they want to address so again good good point uh, to start asking for feedback after you
0: exit so a little tip straight from our coaching program. This is the kind of stuff people ask us, what do we cover in coaching? This is the kind of stuff we coach to. It's not yeah. one big philosophy that you get or you don't. It's a ton of little things that we're good about, not only teaching you, but helping you implement. Mm-hmm. So if the shoe fits, wear it. If you want to make a ton of little changes to your business that add up to some big changes to the bottom line, you know where to find us. We'd love to have a conversation. And we appreciate you watching our podcasts. Thanks, everybody.